0: Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Silva. Hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are well and you are living your best life. If you're not, maybe a transformational retreat with me here in Puerto Rico is something that can be helpful for you. Head over to my website melissadasilva.com and find out more information on how my tailored individual retreats can help you get unstuck, get that shit out of your life and get yourself moving forward and reaching that goal or the life that you've always wanted to live. And let me help you do that while we are enjoying Puerto Rico. Now, moving to Puerto Rico has been interesting Because I have been learning so much more than I thought that I would learn. Yes, I'm trying to learn Spanish despite the fact that I took many years of Spanish in high school and a year in college and had a tutor for at least a year. So I've been attempting to learn the language. But more importantly, I have been learning other things from many of the expats that live in the community, but also the locals. And one of the topics that was brought up in a conversation with someone that grew up here was that they're sad because they don't have access to Puerto Rico's actual history. Not the stories told by the people who invaded the island and then attempted to colonize and erase everything that had to do with the Puerto Rican culture, but the history that comes from the natives, the people that have been here from the beginning. The stories that aren't filtered through the European way of seeing things, and these stories and experiences are important, and I feel extremely sad that they don't have access to that, and I hope that somehow that can change. My guest today understands the importance of documenting history— The project that we talk about is very interesting because it isn't something that you would think about when you're thinking about archiving history and the importance of even archiving gay bars, but my guest is doing just that, and I hope you enjoy hearing his project and why he's conducting this project in my interview today. So here is myself and Art Smith. Well, hello, chit chatters. I am here with Art Smith. Art has this great project that's going on right now in an area where I think we forget that is really important to the gay culture. Art, thank you for joining me today.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: So, tell me, what is it that you're working on right now?
1: So, the project I'm working on right now is called Gay Archives. And basically, what it is, is an archival project that is trying to preserve the memories of gay bars from our past.
0: And now why is that important?
1: Well, you know, it kind of of all started a little over a year ago. I was collaborating with the owner of my favorite gay bar in Atlanta, which was called Backstreet. And it had a 25 year run as a predominant club in the Atlanta gay market. They asked me to do a commemorative t-shirt for 2020 that was kind of embracing their 45th anniversary of the year they opened. And I got to thinking after I did that with the reception I got, the number of comments online, as well as the sales of t-shirts associated with the design, I realized that there were a lot of people out there who were kind of longing for this history and for the memories of all the places that were so important to them back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, as they were coming out and starting their gay lives. And so it kind of went from there.
0: And so I think we all know about the importance of Stonewall. What are some of the other bars that maybe we should be more aware of?
1: Well, You know, to each individual, it varies because their experiences happened in different cities and different time frames. But as a group, there are a lot of actions that came before even uh, Stonewall, such as the Black Cat in San Francisco and the Black Cat in Los Angeles, which both were the scenes of kind of uprisings and riots that led to back to uh, Stonewall. There was a huge event that's kind of rushed under the carpet from a few years after Stonewall, uh, 1973 on the fourth anniversary weekend of Stonewall, where a um, popular gay bar in New Orleans was firebombed and torched and 32 people died in the flames.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: But nobody knows about that. You know, if you're from New Orleans, maybe you do, but for the most part, it was the largest gay tragedy until Pulse in 2016, and yet for 40 years nobody talked about it. Why so, do you think
0: that is? Why was Stonewall talked about, but this wasn't?
1: Well, Stonewall, first of all, happened in New York, which had a little bit more of a progressive underground culture, and there were more people putting it out in the news. It impacted a larger population because there are millions of people who live in the New York metropolitan area, And some of the people that were involved in it took a role in telling that story over and over again. A lot of the people that were involved in the New Orleans incident, for example, didn't live to talk about it. And the ones who did were largely shunned by the local society. There were even cases of bodies that were not claimed by the family members because they were embarrassed to admit that their child had died in a gay bar.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's heartbreaking.
1: The local news didn't even cover it after about two days. It wasn't even covered after that. And nobody has never, ever been arrested or convicted on those charges, even though they believe they know who did it.
0: Wow. So that's why something like this project that you're doing is really important to the history.
1: Well, I agree. And a lot of historians uh, in the gay world and any other kind of marginalized or minority group, they tend to focus on the you know, the big political movements, the activists in the group, things of that nature. And very often they just put the entertainment side as they like to think of it to the side. But in reality, particularly to people who are older that are over 40 or over 50 or over 60, these gay bars were everything They were your cultural center. They were your safe haven. They were your family meeting places. It's where you went to meet people like you. Mm. And it was the only place in many cases where you could, in today's terms, express your authentic self. You know, at work and at home, you could not be the gay, lesbian, bisexual person that you really were. So you put on a facade and just blend it in with the general community. But at the gay bars, you could let your hair down, so to speak, and express your true personality and meet people who embrace that.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that's so important for our history and our culture. Now, I know before 2020, I started hearing that like, people um, were getting frustrated because straight people were kind of fluxing or like, intruding on the gay bar scene. And it was like this, it was no longer our place. Now it's being like dominated by heterosexual people. Did you hear that at one point or feel that way?
1: Absolutely. It's a double-edged sword though, because the whole point around Stonewall of the gay activist community was for acceptance and a certain degree of blending in. We, we claimed that we wanted to be able to go anywhere. We wanted to go to any restaurant, any store, any bakery, wherever, and be who we were. And by doing that and trying to become more homogenous, we kind of invited the straight people who embraced our lifestyle or at least accepted it to come into our spaces. Mm-hmm. So to some extent, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. But in reality, if you look back historically, I think you will find that the real start of this integration of gay versus non-gay in the predominantly gay clubs actually started happening in the early to mid-70s when the disco fad kind of came out. Mm -hmm. Because the big giant discos, that we all knew and loved, you know, and every state pretty much had one, the bars that held hundreds or thousands of people, the gigantic dance floors, the disco balls, the new genre of music, appealed not only to the traditional gay bar clientele, which, by the way, at that time was mostly white gay male. Mm -hmm. You know, in the 70s, the, the lesbian bar scene wasn't really that evolved but the disco kind of brought everybody together you started to see you know black people other people of color Hispanics lesbians bisexual you know the arts community everybody converge on these discos and that kind of started the integration i think of the of the gay and non-gay culture in the bar scene
0: interesting yeah. I didn't think about it going back that far. It's interesting because I don't think that anything's happened before I was born in the eighties for some reason. That's just, <laughs> I grew up thinking that lesbianism was a new thing just because it wasn't talked about that much. And when I found out about it, I thought it was a new, a new fad. So it's interesting that this went goes back even to the seventies. So how have the bar scenes been affected by the 2020 pandemic?
1: Well, that has been a big impact in some areas. Of course, some states and some municipalities have more stringent guidelines. I'm based in Tampa, Florida. And as a state, Florida has no restrictions right now Mm -hmm. that I'm aware of. But the local community, our mayor, Jane Castor, who, by the way, is an openly gay lesbian. And um, she was also the former chief of police here. She has implemented some restrictions for a long time, almost a year. The big bars, the dance clubs were not allowed to open or if they were open, could not have the dance floors open and people could only be seated while consuming alcoholic beverages. Hmm. That, of course, changed the scene because the reason you go to a big disco type dance bar is so that you can dance, Mm
0: -hmm. not
1: so that you can sit at a bar table and have a drink with three friends. Mm-hmm. So that definitely had an impact. It's starting to open up a little bit. Uh, one of the bars locally had a 10th anniversary this past weekend, and they responsibly had a celebration that included a nice number of people and some some performances and things of that nature. And I think people are ready to go back. And I think more so once the vaccinations kind of hit a little bit larger percentage of the population, will start to see people interacting at clubs again more frequently than in the last 12 months. Interesting.
0: So how can people support you in your project?
1: So one way, which I always encourage people to do, is to contribute their memories because this is largely inspired by oral histories that then may lead to further research. It's really not possible to go and type in on Google, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Gay Bar 1978, and come up with anything meaningful. That's true. So, but if I know the name of the bar or maybe the street it was on or somebody who owned it, that gives me more leverage to find the information and to document that place. So uh, my website is gaybarchives.com. And on that website, on the contact page, are links to a Facebook group that I have, a Facebook like page, our um, Instagram, and all of those things can be used to exchange information or to read information that other people have already shared. The Facebook group for Gabe Archives has only been around a little over a month, And we have, I think, almost 900 members now. And as, as the word gets out, people are joining and they're sharing memories and photographs of things that happened 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago when they were first coming out. So it's really kind of enlightening and informative to see the input from other people. I don't want to be the one putting every day a paragraph about gay history. I want other people to share their histories.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really important in any history that we try to archive, right? We want it to come from the people who experienced it uh, from all angles, not just one view. So I think this is really great, what you're putting together.
1: Another thing that I've done is that when I've done the research, I've discovered a lot of the old ads or pictures of the buildings or whatever. And I have created a collection of what I call tribute logos So they look similar to or have the feeling of how the bar represented itself to the gay public back 30, 40, 50 years ago. And I've made those designs available on T-shirts and some other projects. One of them, one of the collections from the state of Louisiana, all of the shirts that are in that collection, 50% of the proceeds from those go to the LGBT plus archives of Louisiana. And I'm working similar arrangements with other archival groups because they need the help too, Mm -hmm. you know, and people that remember those bars, you know, there may be a bar that you remember the first bar that you went into or the first relationship, you know, you had that started in a particular bar may have a fond memory for you. And to be able to see these images again and read the stories brings a smile to your face and, you know, kind of warms your heart a little bit.
0: Wow. Wow, this is such a great project. Thank you so much for starting something like this.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It actually, like I said, it started with one bar. Um, I did a couple more over the following months. And then when COVID hit and things started locking down and you couldn't go anywhere and whatever, I really kicked it into high gear. So in March of last year of 2020, there were about half a dozen bars that I had researched and archived. Since last March. In the last 12 months, I have done over 1,300.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: (laughs) And they they represent 49 states in the United States. There is only one state that I have found that never, ever had a gay bar to this very day.
0: Really? What state is that?
1: It is the state of Wyoming.
0: Interesting.
1: So if anybody out there is from Wyoming and knows of an actual gay bar, that was in the boundaries of the state of Wyoming, I would love to know about it because the dozens of people I've asked online who are from there all said, nope, we go to South Dakota or we go to somewhere else or, you know. Wow. Never would have thought that. I would have thought, if anything, I would have thought, well, maybe Alaska, maybe. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) No, Alaska in uh, Fairbanks, Juneau and Anchorage has had a number of gay bars and to this day still does. Wow. But yeah, it was quite surprising to me to find out that it was, you know, Wyoming. Hmm.
0: Well, hopefully somebody listening will know of something. I hope that there's been some place for people to gather in Wyoming at some point in history. I, I really hope. Um, yeah,
1: they claim that they would gather at, you know, accepting coffee shops or something mm-hmm. of that nature. But yeah. there were never any actual publicly gay or, you know. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge gay spaces.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, Art, thank you so much for sharing this with us today. I think this is a great project and very helpful for our history because a lot of people don't think about uh, gay history and how important it is to our entire history. So thank Absolutely. you so
1: much. And how much the bar scene actually impacted, you know, the kind of civil rights that we're having today. Yeah. Because now yeah. places like the Black Cat and Stonewall there probably would not we not would not have gotten to that stage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today.
1: Oh, thank you, and thank you for having me. I appreciate being on the show.
0: Absolutely. And anybody that wants to get in touch with Art can sign up for the Facebook group and get in touch with him on Instagram and his website.
1: I would look forward to hearing from him.
0: Okay, so make sure you check out Arts Project, follow the social media, and if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that you get all the new episodes coming up, and make sure you're telling your friends and family about us so that we can get more downloads, and then more people will have access to seeing our show on their podcast platforms. So until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Bye-bye.